The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Well, hello everyone, it's Dr. Doug Bursch and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. I've been thinking a lot about how some people are devaluing the sacredness of scripture or how they're just picking and choosing certain scriptures as just a little more important. On today's show, I'd like to talk about the sacredness of the entirety of scripture how I see it as my holy book, and how when we look at scripture as sacred, it opens up every chapter, every book, every verse, and every word. We'll talk about the authority of scripture, the value of scripture, the magic of scripture on today's show. Welcome back to the show. This is Dr. Doug Bursch, and you are listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show, and I'm broadcasting again from, actually, it's the front seat of my Kia Sorento. The last few shows were the back seat, but there's stuff in the back seat, so we're the front seat. Yes, this is what you do during a pandemic. Uh, my daughter is doing voice work right now, singing opera in the house, and although it is lovely to hear, I just thought I wouldn't have that as the background for today's show. So this is what we're doing. Uh, so on today's show, I'm going to talk about, and this I, I think this will be interesting to you, and if it's not, it's clearly your fault. It's not my fault. But I want to talk in a little different way than maybe you've heard about the authority of Scripture, uh, and uh, particularly because I kind of work in different settings where I'm around uh, some very conservative people and liberal people, and I'm not talking politically. I'm talking when it comes to uh, their interpretation of the Bible, when it comes to their understanding of the authority of Scripture. And I have uh, some thoughts about how we look at Scripture and the sacredness of Scripture. And so I want to get into how I view the sacredness of Scripture and how I believe having a view of the centrality of the sacredness of Scripture is key to growing in our faith and uh, why I'm troubled by people who are decentering the scripture, who feel very comfortable just kind of picking and choosing what scriptures they want to live by and what scriptures they just believe aren't from God. So we'll get into that. But before we do that, uh, here's the number to text me, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513. I want to thank KCIS, who allows me to broadcast on uh, their station on Fridays and Sundays uh, with a repeat of the show. They've been so gracious with me as, uh, you know, during this time, it's been very hard to know uh, if I'll have the money to be able to stay on the air. And they've been gracious to allow me just to go month to month. And with that, could I um, just request from my listeners, could you help me out here? Uh, every donation helps me stay on the air. The station's working with me on a month to month basis. Uh, your donations help this show stay on the air. They help KCIS broadcast this show. If you like listening to this, if you think, hey, I'm glad this is on the air, I'm glad this kind of programming is on KCIS, then the way to keep it on the air is for you to donate. You can go to fairlyspiritual.org, that's fairlyspiritual.org, and donate. Every donation matters. Now, 
uh, just pray about it and and give. Twenty dollars matters. A hundred dollars matters. Uh, Three million dollars would matter as well. But you know, whatever you want to give, it matters. All your donations will go to pay for broadcasting. So it doesn't go to a salary for me or anything. Any donations that come in through that link will go directly towards paying to broadcast the show. So it's that simple. So go to fairlyspiritual.org. I'm not set up as a nonprofit. I've just set this up uh, as just a fairly spiritual is my personal business. I just set it up that way. So it's not a tax deductible gift, but all your donations just go directly towards uh, paying to be on the air. So it's that simple. So if you want to give $100, the $100 will come to Fairly Spiritual, and then I will write a check, $100, and I will send it off to KCIS to keep this program on the air. That's how it works. So go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. That's fairlyspiritual.org and click on the donate page. So I want to get into this, the sacred value of scripture. And by the way, because I'm broadcasting from the Kia Sorento, which has pretty good sound, Uh, I didn't, you know, when I did the test drive for this car, I didn't ask, so how do podcasts and radio shows sound in here? Uh, The only thing you may hear is sometimes the mail carrier comes a little early and you may hear that background noise. But other than that, uh, it should be pretty good. So I want to talk about the sacred value of Scripture. Now, I believe that Scripture, the Bible, is true, sacred exactly what I need to know to understand God and myself. And I believe this is true for you as well. It is sacred, true, holy, exactly what you need to understand God and to understand yourself. That the word of God is perfect. That when I read and study scripture, it is good for me. It is right. It is what is needed. By the way, as I started the show, it just started raining around me, and I'm just not going to stop. So if you hear raindrops in the background, that's what it is. Uh, So the ambiance of rain. The scripture is good, perfect. Now, if you notice, some of you who maybe did some study, apologetics, uh, studying about scripture, you may have heard words like inerrant and certain words like that. I'm not going to use those words. Uh, I may offend people on all sides, uh, very conservative or very Uh, liberal people, but I'm just going to say this is how I look at Scripture. Scripture for me is perfect. There's nothing in Scripture that will harm me. Every word that is written, every verse that is written, every chapter that is written, in reading Scripture, there is nothing but life and light in the Word of God. That's how I view the Scripture. I believe that when I study the Word of God, I find life. Now, I'll actually put a caveat on there. I believe that when I study the Word of God with faith, I find life and light. I believe that God can speak to me and will speak to me when I study Scripture. In fact, when I study Scripture with faith, when I study any passage with faith from the Old Testament and the New Testament, in any book of the Bible, in any chapter of the Bible, when I study that Word with faith, God will speak to me and I will find life. That's what I believe about the scripture. Now, the reason I'm doing today's show is that I've been around people who would define themselves or their theology as liberal. And again, I'm not talking in terms of politics because political liberal and political conservative are different things than theologically liberal or conservative. But in this term, who would define themselves as theologically liberal. And one of the biggest characteristics of some people who define themselves as theologically liberal 
is they have a low view of the authority of Scripture. In this sense, they do not see Scripture as a book that is more sacred than other books. They see it as a collection of stories, a collection of narratives where people have written down about God, but they don't necessarily see it as a sacred book. And I'll just give an example. And of course, these are exaggerated statements. Maybe some people will say, well, Doug, that's not exactly true. Uh, You're not expressing it right. But I'll just give you an example. Uh, A few years ago, I had a personal conversation with a man who is a leader among many uh, progressive and liberal Christians. He, thousands and thousands of people listen to his podcast, uh, read his books. He has tremendous influence. And uh, I'm a friend of his, and he's a friend of mine, and I was writing to him about Scripture, and I challenged him on something and basically just asked him the question. And the question was, uh, by basically but when something he said, I said, well, do you believe that Scripture at some level is different than other books, right? I was I was assuming he'd believe this. I said, you, you must believe that it has somewhat of a more of a magical or sacred state than other books. And he said, and wrote to me privately, no, I don't believe that scripture is any different in the sense of it being set apart or separate than Moby Dick. That it's just another book. It has different stories, but as far as the sacredness, as far as it being somehow more anointed or God somehow being in it, the stories might be more special stories, but the actual anointedness of it is no different than Moby Dick. And when he wrote that, it really kind of shocked me. I guess it didn't surprise me, but it showed me this person is leading thousands and thousands of Christians, and and he writes spiritual things. He writes things about Jesus. He writes things about what Christians should be and how we should behave. But at a fundamental level, he has an incredibly low view of Scripture. Uh, Along with this, in this category, there are people who have this view, not only that Scripture is not sacred or different than other forms of literature, but they also have a view that some parts of Scripture are good and other parts are bad, that some parts are supposed to be in there and other parts aren't. And so when they'll read some passages, they'll say, well, this is just a bad passage. This isn't who God is. And they'll read certain things and say, that's not who God is. That's a, a, a bad form of God. And then other things they'll read and say, this is who God is. And so there's some scriptures that they accept to live their life by, and there's other scriptures they don't. And so they will pick and choose. And you've maybe met people like that. And often they will distinguish between the Old Testament and the New Testament. They'll see things in the Old Testament uh, where there'll be uh, battles where the Israelites will have wiped out a village or wiped out a community or the battles and the wars. And they'll say, a loving God wouldn't have people go to war. A loving God wouldn't have murder. A loving God wouldn't have you know, any of these battles. So that must not be uh, from God. That's just a man-made thing. That scripture doesn't count. I don't follow that scripture. Or they'll hear certain principles or certain instructions. Or if they find something they don't understand or they don't agree with, they say that is not from God. Uh, One of the problems that I have with this is that um, they'll often, uh, when they communicate online or they communicate socially, they'll talk about the parts of Scripture that they don't think represent a loving God. And they'll spend a lot of time saying, how can a loving God do this? And how can a loving God do that? And they'll pick the scriptures that they think are the greatest offenders, the scriptures that they think are truly not uh, congruous with, with Jesus. And that's their argument for, you can't believe all of the Bible because 
the Bible says this here, but the Bible says that there, and clearly there's contradictions in the Bible. And so I don't believe all the Bible, I just believe some parts. So if we follow that logic, the next logic we should follow is ask them this question, well, what Bible do you really believe? And this is a strong uh, issue. And I, and I would say this to my friends who are listening, who would define themselves as more uh, progressive or liberal, who don't believe certain parts of the Bible. I think if you're going to be honest, then you need to show me your Bible. In fact, you can do this. Just pick the scriptures you believe. As you read through the Bible and just throw out the ones you don't believe and actually show me your Bible. Show me what you actually believe and what you actually live by so that we can know where we can align and where we can disagree. If there are whole sections of the Bible you don't agree with that you don't believe are from God, then it's good to know that. It's good for your fellow uh, believers to know that. It's good for other Christians to believe that. And it's good for you to be integrous in that, not just to point out the things that you think are hypocritical in the Bible, but what do you actually believe? Do you, do you believe Genesis? Do you believe some of Genesis? All of Genesis. Do you believe Exodus? Do you believe Le Leviticus? Should Leviticus be thrown out? What is your Bible? And what I've often found in these groups is they'll point out things that they don't like in the Bible, but they're kind of wishy-washy when it comes to actually saying, well, what do you really believe? Show me your Bible. I think that'd be a legitimate thing. Show me what you actually believe. Because anyone can sit there and go, eh, I don't know about this, I don't know about that. But it's one thing just to cast doubt on something. It's another thing to actually show someone what they believe. Now, what you'll often find with people like this is they'll say, well, I interpret scripture through the words of Jesus. Like Jesus's words are more important. So I interpret all of scripture through the words of Jesus and the words that seem to contradict what Jesus said, I discount. Even the words in the Bible that discount what Jesus said, I discount. The problem with this logic is we don't actually have the words of Jesus. We have what someone wrote down. We have the words of Matthew and Mark, and Luke, and John, and other references in the letters that, that talk about Jesus. Matthew wrote down Jesus's words. Mark wrote down Jesus's words. Luke wrote down Jesus's words. John wrote down Jesus's words. So what they're really saying is that they believe Matthew's writings over Paul's writings, or they believe Mark's writings over Peter's writings, or they believe Luke's writings over James' writings, or they believe Matthew's writings over John's writings. They're just picking certain authors over other authors. And so it doesn't solve the problem that they're not saying that some words have more authority. They're just saying that some authors have more authority, that they just kind of believe in the authority of Mark more than the authority of Peter, or they believe in the authority of the author of John more than the authority of the author of First Peter. If you get down to it and you actually look at the Gospels, they don't even believe all the scriptures in those Gospels because you'll find Jesus in Matthew says some very loving things that go along with their Gospel. Then there's other things that seem kind of harsh and they're like, well, I don't know if Jesus would say that. So even within Matthew, they'll go, well, this is what Jesus said, but that other stuff is what people added. So again, it's important to look at these realities. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, I think this is very important because... Uh, scripture is complicated and scripture is difficult. And there are a lot of things in scriptures that are confusing. And so I'm not saying that we don't pick and choose the scriptures that we highlight in life. And there are people who say they believe in all of scripture who still highlight certain scriptures more than others, who focus on some scriptures far more than others, who actually value some scriptures far more than others. It's one thing to give more value to some scripture than others. It's another to say some scripture is true and some scripture is false. 
It is one thing to give more emphasis to Scripture than others than to say that some Scripture is from God and some Scripture is not only not from God, but some Scripture is evil and wrong and contrary to God. It is one thing to say that I don't understand Scripture is another thing to reject Scripture. It is one thing to say I don't relate to Scripture to deny Scripture. It is one thing to dig deeper when we don't understand. It is another thing to reject. And this is the problem with this trajectory, and I'm seeing it more uh, even with younger people. I'm seeing it with the next generations where the questioning of Scripture, it's great to question Scripture. It's great to say, I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, there's scriptures I read where they just don't make sense to me. There's scriptures where I just can't figure it out. I don't, I don't, it doesn't make sense. But it's one thing to say it doesn't make sense to me. I'm wrestling with it. I don't know why you did this. I don't know why it's in there. It's one thing to wrestle with that scripture and say, but you know, Lord, I'll just trust. I trust that somehow this expresses you. It's one thing to do that and to wrestle with that scripture than just to say, nope, I don't have to deal with that scripture because that's clearly not from God. Because when we reject Scripture and we say it's not from God, what happens is we begin to narrow our faith. We begin to actually look at less and less Scripture. We narrow our faith, and we make our faith more and more simplistic. I'll use an example. There's a, a, an author who uses an example that he sums up all the gospel with this, just two words, love wins, love wins. He just uses that term, love wins. And it, it sounds really nice, like, oh, love wins. That's really simple. But that simplistic summary of the gospel, that reductionary summary of the gospel, love wins, is to me the problem. If the gospel was just, or the Bible was just love wins, then God would have just said love wins, but it's not. Uh, the reality is we have the Old and New Testament because there is a complexity and a depth and a richness to God's revelation that goes far beyond just two words. And the danger with just saying, ah, all the things I don't understand, maybe they're just not of God. Maybe they're just contrary to God. Or maybe I'll just avoid those things and I'll just make it simplistic and I'll just pick the things that I understand or the things that I agree with or the things that I like and I'll just reduce it to something simple is it makes our faith simplistic, it makes our faith narrow, and it keeps us from going deeper and understanding more of the scripture. I would think as we grow older, we want to have a deeper faith. We want to understand more of God. We want to under expand the revelation of God. We want to know more of Scripture, more of God's revelation, have a greater understanding of the depths and complexities of who God is, not a more narrow view of God. Here's one of the problems, and, and I'm just and I'm going at this a little bit stronger, but I just think it's important. I've met people who have this low view of Scriptures who are like, well, you know, I, I just don't believe certain things in Scripture, and I just kind of, you know, don't believe... God would be like that, and so I just kind of interpret things through Jesus and kind of based on what I feel. And the irony of this is they'll often condemn people who believe in the full authority of Scripture as being controlling, as being authoritarian. But when you make your faith just based on what you feel, just saying, well, I just kind of pick what I think is true and what I don't think is true, I disregard. When you make it just about that, that is completely authoritarian in that your faith is just basically whatever you think is faith. And so if you're a pastor like that, then the church basically just believes what you believe or just unites around what you unite around. And in fact, what happens is we have these cults of personality where where faith is just about the personality of the leader, what they think is true, what they think is right, what they think is pure. 
It's really about the fad of the age, whatever this age believes is true, whatever leaders this age follows. And so the irony is these people who have a low view of Scripture because they think people who have a high view of Scripture are very authoritarian actually begin to unite around these cults of personality. And we lift up the individuals far greater than we lift up God or we lift up the Word of God. You know, the Bible is mysterious, and I'm not trying to discount the fact that there are very confusing things in the Word of God. At least one-third of the Scripture is poetry. If God wanted the Scripture to be incredibly scientifically clear, one-third of it wouldn't be poetic. So there is mystery. There is confusion. And there are a lot of Scriptures that could bring us doubt. But there's a big difference between doubting and denying. There's a big difference between wrestling and struggling and rejecting. Uh, I'm going to put it this way, and, and this will offend some of my friends who have a very strong view of the authority of Scripture, but this is how I view Scripture. There's stories like the creation story, Adam and Eve and the garden, and or the flood, or the story of Jonah and the big fish, where we look at those stories and we go, did it really happen that way? Like that, did it really happen that way? Well, this is how I will explain it to people when I talk to them. I believe you can believe in the authority of Scripture and believe Scripture is true and exactly what you need to know, and you can view those stories in two ways. You can view Adam and Eve and say, it happened exactly this way. There was a tree of knowledge of good and evil. There was Adam and Eve, and this is a story of exactly how it happened. You can view it that way. Or you can view it this way. It was a complex thing that's so too deep for us to understand, so God gave us a story to help us understand. But that story is exactly what we need to know. So listen to me clearly. You could view it both ways. You could view it as there was Adam and Eve. There's a, there was a tree of knowledge of good and evil. The story happened. There's just a, This is a narrative, a historical narrative that happened this way. Or this is a poetic story to tell us about something that's deeper than something we can understand. But that poetic story is exactly what happened and exactly what we needed to know. Now, in, in my opinion, I just believe that there was an Adam and Eve and it happened that way. But either way, whether you believed it was a poetic story or it happened with an Adam and Eve, both of those things are true. And they're exactly what we need to know. So to me, I can believe it's certain and true and exactly what I need to know. To me, we can unite on that. Now, some people will get upset with that and they say, Doug, that's too wishy-washy, but you know, you can be different than me. But to me, I can read then Genesis and when I come to something and I go, did it, did it happen this way or is this a poetic story? It doesn't matter whether it's poetry or whether it's a historical writing of what happened. This is exactly how God wants me to see it and hear it. And if I read this and study it, it is truth. And what I learn from it is exactly what I need to know to understand God and understand myself. I will grow closer to God and I will understand who God is and who I am. It will bring me truth light, and life. It is complete truth. Hear me clearly, complete truth. This is how I understand Scripture. See, I'm going to err on the side of believing that Scripture is complete truth. And when I come to a Scripture that I don't understand, that confuses me, when I'm even going like, God, that doesn't make sense, that, that looks different than your character, I'm just going to, by faith, say, I'm going to trust that this is from you, Lord, and when I stand before you, if I was wrong, I'm going to blame you. Like, here's the reality. I feel like I have to believe that Scripture is the authority. Because if I pull 
the authority into me and that every person on this planet is their own authority and everybody makes their own scripture and everybody makes their own truth, we're in trouble. So instead, I'm going to stand before God and say, you know what, I just decided to believe by faith that you, through time, through revelation, through culture, through different individuals, you gave us this holy book. And I believed by faith that you spoke through that word and it's truth and sacred. And I believed it by faith. And if I was wrong, I'm sorry. But I decided I'd rather believe that scripture is holy and sacred than to believe that I was my own scripture and to let every man and every woman become their own scripture and to live their own lives and their own feelings and their own ideas and their own fads in every generation. I'd rather err on lifting up the power and authority of scripture than lifting up my own ideas. That's my goal. I believe when we devalue scripture, we devalue the revelation of God. And I believe in the second generation, it believes to, it, it, it ends with atheism and it ends with universalism. Here's some thoughts on the value of scripture. Search the word. The word is sacred. In the New Testament, we're told that the word is God breathed. And that's referring to the Old Testament. Every word is God breathed. Study the word. It is sacred. The word will never disappoint, but study it in faith and trust and believe that God will speak to you. I love you guys. Hey, please donate fairlyspiritual.org, fairlyspiritual.org to keep us on the air or text me 360-818-4513. I will see you next time. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.